Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Baby, baby, good to me. Uh... 
Amen. God bless you, children of God. We greet you all once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King, our strength, our Redeemer, very, very present help in times of trouble. We bless God today for life. You out there under the sound of my voice, you got up out of the bed, you got life, you able to see Smell, taste, touch, talk. It's another day that God needs to be praised. He needs to be glorified and exalted. We thank God today for who he is. So many things that he does to us, through us, and for us. And it's only through his word, children of God, that we can catch a glimpse of all the great things that God does for us. It's only through his words. If, if we don't we don't dig down into his word, we won't get a revelation. You can't get a revelation without a word. There has to be a word in order for there to be a revelation. So without getting into his word, you go without revelation. And when you don't have revelation, you know, the Bible talks about how the people perish. The scripture says without a vision. New International Translation says without revelation. You need revelation. Yeah, sure, God has, has said a whole lot of things in his word. But we need the rhema or the revealed word of God so, so that we can see how, how that thing fits to us. Now, one thing God is flashing in my spirit right now is how that uh, David, after he had sinned with Bathsheba and... Uh, had her husband killed, God sent the prophet. And the prophet came in and told him a story of a rich traveler who took uh, the little ewe lamb from a poor man and did different things. Instead of taking one of his many sheep or goats, he took the little ewe lamb that belonged to the, to the poor man. And did, you know, he told him a story. Well, David's first response was, the man who did this deserves to die. David had heard a word. But he didn't yet have the revelation that, that that story was about him. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? As you and I listen to the word of God, we got to, we got to be uh, very, very sensitive and prayerful so that God will reveal to us the word or the words that are spoken that are for us. Show us how what is being said. Is that me, Lord? Is, is, is that me? You know, when Jesus told his disciples that at the, the Last Supper, that one of them was going to betray him, all the disciples trying to figure out who is me? Is it me? Is it me? You know, they want to know who it was. Now, you know, they knew Jesus had did not have a reputation for lying. He had never, never told any lie to their, to their knowledge. So they wanted to know who who is it? None of them knew. None of them knew who it was. And then Jesus revealed 
to uh, Judas that he was the one. God has to reveal to us, even if it's some terrible things that the word is, is saying, God has to reveal to us when he's talking about us. If no, we'll be we'll be running around like the disciples. Is it me? Is it me? Is that for me? Is is you you talking about me, Lord? That that that's so inspiringly into the kingdom. You talking about me, Lord? That's that's not giving you uh the worship that you desire. You talking about me, Lord? That's 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 still stingy and still selfish. You talking about me? You talking you talk God will reveal. And see, that's what that's what that uh conviction is in our hearts when we when we hear a word. Normally, if you find yourself being convicted by a word, that's because that word is talking about you. You wonder, how, Apostle, how can I know if, if the word, that particular word is, is, is talking about me? You'll feel that tightness in the chest. That's the conviction, the conviction of the, uh, the word of God. God convicts us in order that he may convert us. He convicts us so we will change and so we will, we will line up with um, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic. If you want to know the power of God, you must do what God said. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. If you really want to know the power of of something, you you go on and, and do that thing. You know, if you want to know, you know, I'm not saying for you to jump out there and do this, but if you want to know the power of alcohol. Mess around and, and, and drink some. You want to mess around and know the power of a hand grenade. Mess around, pull the pin and throw one. You mess around and 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 do that thing. Do it. Do you want to mess around and know the power of of uh, eating less calories and burning more calories through exercise? You really want to know the power of it? Do it. And and then take a look at your body. Take a look at take a look at how you feel. Take a look at you know, how you're able to climb stairs and go about your daily activities. You want to know the power of a thing. Go on and do that thing. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. So we looked at capital A in our outline. Doing God's word will operate like a shield in our life. We looked at First uh, Peter 1 and 5. We looked at Psalms 18 and 2. And it brings us on down to capital B and on our line. We must know the scriptures. We must know the scriptures. Now, again, we're talking about doing what God says. You've got to know what God says. Before you can do what God says, you must know what God says. We're going to look at Mark chapter 12, verse 24. Mark chapter 12, verse 24. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? I like the old New International Version translation better. Jesus said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Capital B in our outline, children of God, we must know the scriptures. We must know the scriptures. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you again for another day. Another privileged opportunity, Father, to worship you in spirit and truth. You have blessed us in multiple capacities, in diverse ways, Father. 
from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name deserves to be praised. We honor and reverence you. We appreciate you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for opening our eyes and letting us to see a glimpse of how good you are. We are eternally grateful, Father. Once again, Father, we ask you to forgive us of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the mess that is in us, the fleshly desires, and different things that we are constantly and continuously working to have to put to death all of these things that belong to our earthly nature. We humbly ask, Father, that you'll continue to lead and guide us, continue to speak to us, continue to teach us, train us, rebuke us, correct us, that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We trust, Father, you're going to speak a word today that's going to bless your people near and far in the four corners of the earth, that your name will be glorified, exalted, and praised. These and all other blessings we count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. Come on the tail end of Jesus just finished dealing effectively with two other groups that were in error. In other words, what you see in Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27, Jesus is dealing with the Sadducees, who were an aristocratic group, you know, but they were in error, you know. And he just finished dealing with the Pharisees and the Herodians uh, in Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17, who were in error. Now, you say, Apostle, what has that got to do with anything? Keep in mind that the word of God, part of its responsibility and purpose in humanity, in creation, is to deal with groups, individuals, entities that are in error. All right? Jesus, just as we have groups today in error, we've got all kinds of, of religious denominations, and you give me the discipline, just give me the discipline of your average denomination. I don't care, Baptist, Catholics, uh, Jehovah Witness, Seven Day. Give me, give me your discipline. Give me, give me what you're going by, and it won't take me long to spot the error in it. Why? Because every every offshoot from the pure, simple doctrine, milk of the Word of God is in error. Everybody get off. Everybody get off track. Everybody gets off track. Doesn't matter what. Anytime we have gone into the Word of God and we want to just kind of take a portion or a piece or, or with without um, that portion or the piece fitting properly into the whole, then it's called error. The Sadducees had gone into the word and taken portions and pieces, and they left out certain, they were in error. The Pharisees had gone into the word of God, taken portions and pieces, then added some other stuff, they were in error. The Herodians, all of these groups had, had, had gotten off because there was some aspect of the word that they didn't want to adhere to, or some aspect of the word that they wanted to try to add more to. 
Listen, children of God, the word of God is fine just like it is. It's fine. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. The only, the only entity that is, is equipped to decipher the word of God, God said, Robert, tell my people, it's the spirit of God. Keep that in mind. The only entity, the only being, the only individual, the only person that is properly equipped to decipher to explain, to expound upon the word of God is the spirit of God. Now, you had these Pharisees, you know, appeared unto Jesus, you appear unto men as righteous, but you are like whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's blood. They didn't have the Holy Spirit, yet they were trying to interpret God's word. When you don't have the Holy Spirit, at best, you're going to give a wrong interpretation of God's word. You're going to give a wrong understanding of God's word. God's word is much like, and God keeps flashing in my spirit now, a jigsaw puzzle. You know how you get a jigsaw puzzle out of the out of the out of the store. It's got a thousand pieces or whatever. What you have to do with in order to get the full picture of of what's going on, you have to get the pieces arranged in the proper place. That's that's the essence of a jigsaw puzzle. You got different pieces with different curves and different edges and different sides and you've got to get all of those pieces in just the right place in order to get the picture like it's supposed to be god's word is much like that god's word is much like god's word is much like god is now flashing in my spirit a rubik's cube you do know the object of a rubik's cube is to get all the red on one side all the green on one side all the blue all the yellow all the orange whatever the colors are to get them all, and there are individuals that, that for whatever reason, they have the ability to, to solve the Rubik's Cube. I never could. Oh, my goodness, man. I remember when the Rubik's Cube came out. You talking about making some crazy stuff. I was making some crazy stuff. But there are individuals that understand how to solve that particular puzzle. That for whatever reason, whatever gift, whatever talent, whatever ability, they are able to solve that puzzle. Well, God's word is much like that. See, and this is why we have to rely, especially in teaching God's word and proclaiming God's word, we have to rely on the spirit of God because God will be like, look, by his spirit, he'll let us know that the red go over here. He'll let us know by his spirit. We're talking about the word now. We're using this as a parable. He'll let us know that the green go over here. He'll let us know that the orange go over here, the blue go over here, the yellow go over here. The purple. By the spirit of God, he, he, will, he will let us know exactly the proper place for his word none of these none of these groups had individuals operating by the spirit so they constantly kept messing up they constantly kept leading the people astray and getting the people twisted up and getting the people confused jesus dealt in verse mark chapter 12 verse 13 with the pharisees and the herodians they were trying to catch jesus in his words they were trying to trap him and, and you know jesus jesus shut them up Amazed them with his wisdom. Well, why? Because Jesus's response were always Holy Spirit unctioned. And see, when you are operating, when you are Holy Spirit unctioned, you won't find yourself twisted up. You won't find yourself. You, 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 you'll, you'll put the word in the proper place. God's word goes in proper places. He always has a proper place. For what he is saying. So now what has happened here, you have the 
the Pharisees and you have the Herodians who have just been amazed at, at Jesus's response. And now you have the Sadducees who want to try and take a crack at Jesus. Now, these were the aristocratic individuals. They had a little money. They, they, they had a little prestige. They had a little they had a few things going on. And this is where they come in with their question. Look at verse 19, children of God. They said, teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow but also died leaving no children. The third one, in fact, the same with the third one. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman also died. Now listen at the question, children of God, because they wanted to try to trap Jesus. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since seven were married to her? Now, what we want to understand, children of God, is that there was a law in the Old Covenant that uh, if a brother, if a man died without having, that was married, and he did not have children by the wife, in the Old Testament, there was a responsibility of the brothers or close kinsmen to come in and marry that widow and have children for that brother that had died. In fact, you go back in Scripture and you'll find some individuals that got in very serious trouble because they didn't want to do that for, for their brother. Uh, one character's name was Onan. If you get a chance, go back and read about Onan. You know, he didn't want to have, he didn't want to have, he didn't want to get uh, his brother's widow pregnant. So whenever he would have sexual relationship with her, he would pull out and spill his semen on the ground. God was very displeased with Onan and killed him. So this was not something that was not familiar to uh, individuals that had studied the Pentateuch or the Torah. They knew that this was, this was very real. If a brother married a woman, that brother died, or a man died and didn't have any children, his brother was to come in. So now they want to know at the resurrection, whose wife is she going to be since she was married to all seven of the brothers. Now look at Jesus' response here in Mark chapter 12, verse 24. Bible says, Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? Now the old New International Version says, Jesus said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. You say, you say Apostle, what does that mean to me? That means that when we don't know the scripture, when we don't know what the word of God has said about a particular thing, a particular event, a particular way of doing things, a particular way of handling things, then we are in error. One, one wise uh, man of God said it like this, that when proper use is not known, abuse is inevitable. When we don't know the proper use, we don't know how a thing is supposed to be used, how it's, then abuse is inevitable. 
So you say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that, that when we don't know, we don't know, we are in error. We are in error. And the more error that we are in, the worse our lives will be. The more error that we are in, the worse our lives will be. Whether it's individually, the more we don't know about our individual walk with God and the God that we serve, the more mistakes we'll be making as individual Christians. In our marriages, the more we don't know about what's supposed to go on in marriage and how marriage is supposed to go, the more mistakes we'll be making in marriage. In the family, the, 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 the less we know about how a family is supposed to be constructed and how things are supposed to go in the family, the more mistakes we'll make. In the church, the less we know about how God wants the people of God and how God wants the church, the less we know, the more mistakes we make. Let knowledge is much like knowledge is much like a uh, a seesaw, and I've shared this with you all a number of times. Seesaw, little children's game. Well, little children's toy, where you have individuals on one side, you have an individual on another side. If you have uh, 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 on one side of a seesaw knowledge, and on the other side of the seesaw you have mistakes that we make in life. Well, when our knowledge, which is represented by my left hand, when our knowledge is down, then what happens? Our mistakes go up. But now if our knowledge goes up, then our mistakes can come down. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, get knowledge. Get knowledge. When the Bible talks about how you know, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, what do we, we have to have knowledge in order to have faith. In other words, before you can have faith in something God has said, then you first have to know what God has said. You can't have faith in nothing. You've got to know what God has said in order to have faith in it. If God has told you that he's going he's gonna, to uh, heal your body, well, you, you've got to hear that word before you can have faith in it. Hearing that word is knowledge. The hearing of the word of God is knowledge. And once we receive that knowledge, now God wants us to add faith with it. Well, it doesn't stop there because the Bible goes on to tell us that faith without works is dead. So we need a word from God that we can place our faith in that we can then start working. Word from God. Everything starts with the word of God. Everything starts. Everything that exists. You look around. I don't care what country you're in. I don't care what nation you're in. I don't care. Whatever you can see was created by what you cannot see, which is the word of God. So if the, what we need to understand is that if the word of God has put all of this together that we can see, the very planet that we are on came from the word of God. The very stars that we can see in the heavens, they came from the word of God. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So everything we can see came from what has, cannot be seen. So if God can speak all of this into existence around us, what do you think God can speak into existence within us? 
Do you think it's a difficult thing for God to take you out of poverty and to make you a multimillionaire? No. It's, it's no more difficult for God to take you or I out of poverty and make us a multimillionaire than it is difficult for God to take us from uh, HIV to completely heal or from cancer to completely heal. Nothing is too hard for God. What, what limits God oftentimes in our life is what do we believe? If you believe little of, from God, then do not be surprised that you receive little from God. But I want to challenge about five to 6,000 of you out there under the sound of my voice. Start believing God. Start believing God for ex extraordinary things in your life. Start believing God for extraordinary things in your church. Start believing God. Most, as you study the scriptures, most of the individuals that have received great, great things from God were individuals that believed great, great things from God. You've got to believe. Because, because of the belief in God, about a million plus people crossed through the Red Sea, came out of slavery and crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. Belief. Belief is a very, very powerful thing. Now watch this, children of God. Belief is a very, very powerful thing in the positive or in the negative. You had uh, somewhere around 11 million Jews killed during uh, the Holocaust and World War II. Why? Because you had a bunch of people that were believing the nonsense that Hitler was, was preaching and teaching that the Jews were somehow bad and they needed to be exterminated. And a lot of people joined in with that. Close to 11 million people or more died as a result. So belief is a very, very powerful thing in the positive or in the negative. The Bible even lets us to know that all things are possible to him that believes. To him that believes. Belief. Belief. Our salvation is even predicated on what we believe. Not that we are perfect children of God. Don't If you out there thinking that heaven is, is, is for people that were perfect in life and hell is for people that, that, that were, were evil, you got this thing all backwards. Not a single one of us as children of God are without sin. 1 John 1 and 18, if any man claims he has no sin, he deceives himself and the truth is not in him. The truth of the matter is, children of God, we got sin too. But our belief and our faith in Jesus Christ as God's only begotten son is what separates us from unbelievers. You notice how the word calls them believers and unbelievers? Not, sin not sinners and unsinners, uh-uh, believers and unbelievers. Why? Because even as believers, we have sin. Even as believers, we wrestle with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Even as believers, we make mistakes every day. This is why when Jesus' disciples asked Jesus to teach us how to pray, Jesus told them, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or trespasses or sins. Why? Because every day we sin. Every day we do something that God is not pleased with. Every day we say something that God is not pleased with. Every day we think something that God is not pleased with. And we need to get those forgiven on a daily basis. Don't think that, you know, because you sin, you are not saved or, or because you, you feel like you haven't done anything wrong that you are saved. No. 
Our salvation is predicated on our belief, faith in Jesus Christ. We have placed our faith in God's only begotten son. And because of our faith being placed in Jesus Christ as God's only begotten son, our sins are forgiven. Watch this, children of God. Past, present, and future. That's why I want to encourage you all out under the sound of my voice. Whatever you do, don't leave this life without salvation. It's a simple method to be saved. Just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, not Apostle Brian, not the Christian son of church, not this preacher or that preacher. The Bible says, and you shall be saved. Let us finish up this message this morning. So at the resurrection, the Sadducees, they wanted to know whose wife will this woman be? Since seven were married to her, Jesus said, you are in error because you don't know the scriptures. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Uh, many of the errors that we are in as human beings, as Christians, as whatever, are because we don't know the scriptures. This is why Jesus, some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, I'm not saying anything is wrong with it. You go to church on Sunday, you go to your little Bible study on Wednesday night. We thank God for it. We, we used to do that too here at the Christian Center. Before God, before we got the revelation, that the more knowledge we have, the, the less chance of error. Jesus, during his life on earth, he didn't just teach on the Sabbath or just teach on Sunday and, and Bible study on Wednesday night. The Bible says that every day Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts. Every day. During the early church, when those saints... Um, Received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to prayer, to, to fellowship, and to breaking bread. The Bible says there was much grace upon them all. You say, Apostle, why is this important? You get up and go to work every day. Why? Because you know that going to work every day, you're going to make more money than if you went to work one or two days out of the week. Those of you that exercise out there that are into exercising and fitness, you'll jump up and exercise every day. Why? Because you know that exercising every day, your body's going to be in better shape than if you only exercise one or two days out of the week. We know that in most things, doing it more will give us a greater yield or greater results. And God says, so it is when it comes down to the word of God. Jesus said you are in error because you do not know the scriptures. In other words, you, 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 you haven't heard enough from God. You can eat and starve to death. You say, Apostle, how is that? If you don't eat enough, there's a certain amount of food that your body must have to continue existing. If you don't get that certain amount, eventually you will die. Well, don't you know that if you, don't, if you can starve to death while eating, still eating in the natural you can starve to death spiritually by not getting enough word from God, by not getting enough bread from heaven. So the same way our physical bodies need a certain amount of calories in order to continue to exist, you need a certain amount of calories in the spiritual in order to continue to exist. In other words, enough word from God. Jesus said you're in error because you don't know the scriptures. 
or the power of God. Now you say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because when we don't know the scriptures, every scripture, there is power. Now you all taking notes, going to get that down. Every scripture, there is power. So the more scriptures we take in, the more scriptures we know or are intimately acquainted with, the more power we will have. You say, Apostle, why do we need power? We need power because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual wickednesses in high places. We are wrestling against supernatural powers. Powers that you and I cannot contend with on our own. We need the power of God in order to launch an attack or to defend ourselves in this supernatural warfare. You can, in the natural, we've got a saying here in the United States. We've got a saying. If somebody brings a knife to a gunfight, you know, that's one of the sayings. You, man, you brought a knife to a gunfight. Well, that's, that's a way of saying what you have brought is not enough to contend with what you are dealing with. In other words, a knife might be a pretty serious thing if nobody else has a weapon. But if you bring a knife where people are firing guns, then that knife is not going to do you much good. Well, that's very, very similar to uh, uh, the spiritual warfare that we are in. We need spiritual weaponry in order to get success in a spiritual warfare. You cannot defeat Satan. You cannot defeat demons. You cannot even defeat his children with just natural weapons. This is why the Bible tells us that the weapons we fight with, they are not carnal, but they are mighty. They are spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds. You can't pull down a stronghold, one of the devil's strongholds, without spiritual weaponry. May God bless you today with greater spiritual weaponry. This is why the Bible tells us to put on the full what? Armor of God. Why? Because it is the armor of God that will give us victory over the wiles of the devil. Not your education, not your bank account, not your popularity or your influence. Uh-uh. It, it is the weaponry of God is the only thing that will give you and I power over the wiles of the devil. Jesus said you're in error because you do not know the scriptures. And when you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God. When you don't know the scriptures, you don't have the power. You can't manifest the power of God. It's through the scriptures. The Bible says that in verse 25, Jesus said, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In other words, who your, your husband or your wife that you got now, in the next life at the resurrection, they're not going to be your husband or your wife anymore. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. Now, verse 26, about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, and we're going to close right on, on this, God says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Jesus said you are badly mistaken. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice that, and let you to know that we serve the God of the living. God is not the God of the dead. 
God is not the, watch this, God is not the God of those who are in hell now. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. God is not the God of those who are not saved now. Because they are considered walking dead. God is the God of the living. God is the God of those who have accepted by faith in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and come on over to his family. Jesus told one group, he said, look, he, he, to those who didn't believe in him, to those who wouldn't follow him and accept his teachings, and that, Jesus said, your father, the devil, and the deeds of your father you want to do. So in order to have the true and living God as your God, as your father, you must accept Jesus Christ. You must accept his only begotten son. Jesus Christ, have your sins forgiven, and then walk after him. Doing these things here. God will not only be, see, God is everybody's creator. He's not everybody's father. God is everybody's creator. He's not everybody's father. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as, as uh, God's only begotten son and as your Lord and Savior, he's not your God. Something else may be your God, maybe money, maybe power, maybe influence, maybe sex, maybe alcohol, maybe drugs. But I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice today to make the true and living God your God. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. God will bless you real, real good. May God continue to bless each of you, children of God, and heaven smile on you. Those of you that did not get your donations and contributions in on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, uh, go on and send them in today, and uh, God will continue to bless you real good. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.